From KUAR in Little Rock, I'm Phil Marriage, and this is Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. Now in our 17th year on the air and still the only program on radio today dedicated to the preservation of comparative generational thought. Let me welcome you to the crossroads of history. Our topic this evening hits all of us in our entire lives, the cost of living. It's a lot more than just gas and food prices. And my guests are Adriana Dodson. She's a uh, senior here at UALR. And Dr. Mark Funk is Econ and Finance Department. And Joe Fawcett is our older generation guest, and he'll be joining us by phone. I think my mother and dad bought a uh, house here in Pine Bluff. And it wasn't a big house, but it was a nice, you know, nice house for that time, I guess, middle class. And I think it was around $2,500 when they bought it in 1921. We'll be talking about the cost of living. And we'll be right back to talk about the cost of living right after the news. Hi, everyone. I'm Phil Marriage, and this is Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. We hear the phrase over and over throughout our lives, the cost of living. Sometimes we use it in regular conversations, and sometimes we hear it in the form of business opportunities and things like that, the cost of living. We compare the cost of gas today with our great-grandparents' time and the cost of milk and the cost of bread, just about everything. But what do our generations focus on as those costs impact our lives? My guests today are speaking from the younger generation, Adriana Dodson. She wants to own her own nonprofit financial literacy company here in personal finance when she gets done with the UALR. She's with the Chancellor's Leadership Corps Scholars Program. Adriana, nice to have you with us here today. Thank you for having me. And from the middle generation is Dr. Mark Funk. He's the chairperson and professor of economics and finance. He's also the interim chair of accounting. Is that still right? That's right. That's still right. Dr. Funk has been on our guest on our program before, and we're glad to have him back with us here again today. Dr. Funk, glad to have you here. Happy to be here. And then also returning to the program, who was back with us on a program, I believe, in 2011 on childhood, is Joe Fawcett. He was born in 1923, which makes him 94, and he retired from the Southern Pacific where he was in sales and the and Cotton Bell Railroads. Joe, th- glad to have you with us. You're here joining us, joining us by phone, but glad to have you with us here today. I appreciate it. Glad to be with you. I, I'm going to break up the conversation a little bit into a couple different parts as I've thought about the cost of living. It's one thing to talk about the cost of gas and all that sort of thing, but then there's some other aspects about why we focus on certain parts of the cost, like our, our food, our lodging, our cars, our, and our entertainment, how each generation has chose to focus on different parts as we go along. But I do want to begin with you, Joe. Since you're 94 and you go back, way back, much older than my dad was even, and I can remember him telling me about the costs of things. Let's begin the conversation a little bit about by comparing our generations on some of those costs. What can you tell us about costs that would blow us away uh, from what we have today? What did, what did you see as you were growing up as you remember? Well, one thing I remember when I was uh, young, uh, I guess a youngster, uh, the cost of a Chevrolet automobile was about $750. <laughs> I remember my dad would talk about somebody that was doing real well. He'd say, well, he is a 10000 a year man. And, of course, now that doesn't mean anything. But then you just didn't make the money you make now. What did it cost to have a house then, to buy a house? Oh, around uh, $2,000 to $3,000 would be just a small uh, wooden house. But, of course, some of them are a little more than that. But you didn't have the prices you have now. Did you even have real estate companies that helped you buy houses then? Or how did you buy a house? Yeah, they had it. But uh, 
I think my mother and dad bought a, a house here in Pine Bluff, and it wasn't a big house, but it was a nice, you know, nice house for that time, I guess, middle class. And I think it was around twenty-five hundred dollars when they bought it in nineteen twenty-one. Do what do you recall as your dad's or, or, or your mom's, or if they were both working? I don't know, but uh, what what were they earning then? I don't know exactly. I would think probably less than two hundred dollars, probably one hundred and fifty dollars a month, something like that. A month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, That's I can remember when the gasoline was. I think was around nineteen cents a gallon, and then when I got out of the service, now this was later. This is when I got out of World War II. I wanted an automobile. So I went down to the Chevrolet place, and I told them, I said, now put my name on the list. I want an automobile. So a year later, I got this automobile. A year? A year later. I had to wait a whole year to get this car because I had a waiting list. And uh, I finally went in and bought it, and they put everything they could on the car to make run the price up. It was seventeen. I mean, $1,350. A Chevrolet two-tone uh, four door. Did you buy it by looking at in a showroom, or how did you know what you wanted? Oh, I, they uh, they sent it in by rail, and I saw it, and I called them up, and I said, I want that automobile. They kept me waiting, <laughs> and I said, I think I'm on the list. I'm at the top of the list, and I want it, so I got it. Wow. Well, also, go into the food aspect of things. What did families do? What did you have to pay for food then, or was it just mainly you were growing your own? Well, I don't know the, uh, what they were paying for each individual thing, but I think probably somebody have 50 or $75 a, a month uh, grocery bill. It was way too high. And that, was, high. that was for a month? As a month, yeah. See, I'm thinking of weeks or even days. <laughs> uh, one of the other areas, too, would have been your medical costs. How did you, how did you handle costs for medical stuff? Well, I don't know what the medical costs were. I know they weren't very much. I think uh, even back when I was a little bit older, I think it was about $150 to uh, for the doc's fee to deliver a baby. $150. $50. That covered everything. That covered uh, the visits and, and all that. I think it was $150. Well, did they even have the babies in the hospital then? Uh, they didn't. I was born I was at home, and so was my sister. But my older, my younger sister, she was born at the hospital at Davis Hospital there in Pine Bluff, but I was at home. So if you were born in 23, let's say you're around, how old are you, Adriana? 22. 22, okay. So in 1943, then you, this, you would have been around roughly 20 years old, just about the same age as Adriana is now. Had costs, uh, were they still pretty much like that? Oh, they'd gone up some by then, yeah. And, of course, the war, World War II ran it up. That's when it started going up. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I can remember back when I was just a kid that people had so, they just didn't have enough money for anything, and they would take out barrel insurance. And it, it was only just uh, uh, just a few dollars a year. It wasn't hardly anything. Year after year after year, they'd go down and pay that little amount for, so they'd be have money to get some, somebody could bury them. <laughs> How old were you when you got married, Joe? I was uh, 26. My first wife, uh, we were married 30-something years, and she died of cancer. And then I've been married to my second wife about 35 years. When you first got married, I can remember after the wedding and realizing I had to go set up a home, start a, a relationship, a married relationship, 
what I had to pay. Did you did you have to pay rent somewhere, or how were costs then for you as a new married person? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Of course, now this was in the this was uh, late forties, but uh, I'm thinking it was a. a uh, around $150 a month. I, we had an apartment in Little Rock. Did you have a car then? Yeah, oh, yeah. You had your car? Yeah, I had a car. Was it paid for? Almost. I tell you, that's one thing. Uh, I, I think the big difference today is that we, I, I, went to, I think we handled our money a little better. And I always bought what I wanted, what I needed, but I, my, I just didn't want as much as they apparently do now. <laughs> That's one of the things we'll talk about a little later in the program, I think, really, is the wanting part of the cost. Let me jump up to Dr. Mark Funk here. Dr. Funk, as you've heard Joe talk a little bit about it, how does that compare to your lifespan, your time? It's kind of interesting. Um, I was just thinking my first apartment that I rented, I paid 180 a month for it. and It was in San Antonio, and it was a neighborhood you do not want to be in. Uh-huh. But it, it provided me shelter from the rain. How old were you then? I was 20, 22. Mm-hmm. Probably. Mm-hmm. I was in college. And were you affected much by cost at that point? Well, yeah. I was, I was a college student, so I was scraping by lots of top ramen and that sort of thing. Everybody has ramen, don't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not necessarily breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> I wonder what ramen must cost about 30 or 40 cents now, I suppose. Or what, well, Adriana, what's the cost? You must know. You know, I like the hot and spicy ones. Uh-huh. I got some the other day. They're th- 28 cents. I 28 think. cents? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, they were they were like 12 for a dollar when, uh-huh. when I was buying them. So even ramen has gone up. <laughs> 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 well, then what about when you got married? So a little complication there. I was living in California uh-huh. in Sacramento, and yeah, rent prices were uh, a little higher than they are out uh, out here in, in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that was a substantial chunk of the of the p- paycheck I had at the time. Yeah. yeah. So, so were you working at a job that paid you decent wages? Well, I, was or? A, I was a grad student, so I was uh, teaching some classes. Um, I was probably making thirty thousand a year and spending a thousand a month on on rent. Uh huh. A thousand versus a hundred dollars or one hundred twenty-five, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> That's quite a bit different. Doctor Funk, are, are surprises out of the question economically for costs, cost of living? So we could have short terms like Hurricane Harvey, right? Yeah. So something like that could happen. Uh, you know, there could be some sort of natural disaster like that. God forbid, North Korea or something like that. But uh, in, in terms of like the, the the, the bank, the Great Depression was clearly caused by terrible uh, policy regarding banks. Right. In terms of that sort of thing, it would be, uh, it's not within my imagination. Yeah. Yeah, they have, they have uh, safeguards now. Most people may not remember it, but economists still study it. So, sure. And to the extent that economists have any influence over policy, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to repeat those mistakes. Let me skip over to Adriana then. Adriana, you're at that 20 early 20 age there mm-hmm. what do, what does the word cost mean to you compared to what you heard with joe and dr funk it's like completely different like things they were able to like get now you have to kind of plan it out more because certain stuff like let's say gas when i was in high school i drove my uncle's it was a 2000 ford ranger and gas was like three 325 340 and now 
it has gone down some, but there's like other things that goes up. Like I just got my first apartment. I'm living with my uncle though, we roommates, and rent is probably eight seventy five a month just for a two bedroom, two bathroom in Little Rock. Uh-huh. But compared to like California, I mean that's not as bad because at least in my apartment I have everything is renovated you have stainless steel appliances and my mom's fiance he lived in California lived in Hawaii and different places and he was telling me about how like you want to get like just a basic four bedroom two bathroom house in California that's gonna be like a million dollars and so like here it's like it's, it's different but it's just like groceries and stuff like that I got some eggs yesterday they were like three dollars and i don't eat bacon a lot my grandparents buy it when i go home i eat bacon but i don't eat it like just living by myself but like bacon they get the right that's the brand right bacon and it's like nine dollars and i'm just like wow and i know like compared to back then they didn't have to pay that much but different things cost more so like even now you might make more money but the cost of living like buying a, a house or stuff like that has gone up as well but it's definitely different. And you think about it now, everything is technology based. So like Amazon, you can order everything off Amazon. They have like quick shipping. And so like places like Walmart and Target are like trying to catch up. But it's just like those places, we can get it cheaper. You can get it there when you want it, basically. So why not go there? Folks, as you listen to our program today, I'm sure all of you, at, no matter what age you might be, you're probably in your mind remembering the costs of these things we've been talking about here we got a lot more to talk about, though, so stay with us. We have to take a short break. We'll be right back. We're back here on Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. I'm Phil Marriage with my guest today, ULR student uh, Adriana Dodson. She's a senior here. And then also from the economics department is Dr. Mark Funk. And our older generation guest joining us by phone from home is Joe Fawcett. Joe, after you've listened to Adriana and Dr. Funk here a little bit, what kind of thoughts are in your mind about how you decided to spend your money as you were going through life? When did you begin to see that you could afford something? Even a little bit before the war. I just felt like it. I'd look to see how much money I had, and then if I bought something, it was a contract. I expected to pay for it, and I didn't buy anything I couldn't afford. And then I just, you know, I didn't didn't think that I wouldn't pay for it. So that's the way I did. And then just gradually as I made a little more money, I, of course, bought what I wanted. But I still, I, I take care of it. And that's just the way I grew up, and I use cash. And either that or I write a check. I'm not tight, but I do watch my money. And, I, you know, it's just a different lifestyle. When you say write, you write a check, checks, I, I don't know, Adriana, do young people write checks anymore? They do sometimes, but you don't have to because it's like the debit card. You just use that, and then you can, there's like Apple Pay, so you can pay for stuff on your phone. So it's like no need to write checks, really. And some places really don't accept checks sometimes, so definitely not. I think when I first got my debit card, I think I was 16, and they gave me checks, but when I opened, I opened at a different bank, and I don't think they gave me any. I just did only online banking. So yeah. Well, Joe, when you write, when you've been writing checks, pretty much all your life, right? That's right. But what I do after I write a check, I come back and I mark it in my. I keep a running account of what I've got in my checking account, and I, I just keep good records. And uh, I notice the young people, they, everything they buy is with a card, and I, I just that's just a different way of doing things. <laughs> Dr. Funk, is it really just the young people? 
<laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't carry cash, and I don't write checks. Um, uh, now, my teenage children have said that they uh, might use cash to so they can avoid, because they want to be able to keep track of how much money they're spending. They, cash is the easier way for them to do it. But, uh, you know, a lot of, I think everyone's purchasing behavior is habits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as long as you know what your habit is, and, and you don't deviate from your habits except, you know, on, around your birthday or something like that. Uh, as long as you do that, I, 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 I'm perfectly comfortable using, using plastic. Are, are you comfortable with using plastic, uh, Joe? Uh, no, not really. Now, it sounds like I'm tight, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> we've done a lot of traveling, done the things we want to do. We've been, through, we've been around quite oh, well, a lot of trips, an awful lot of trips overseas and everything. And we buy and do what we want to do, but it's just a different way of keeping the book. Yeah. Well, when you were, say, in your 40s or 50s or even your 60s, I mean, that's still you've got a bunch of time past your 60s And when you're talking 94. Um, what kind of, of costing in your life were you running then? Were you, by that point in time, did costs of things bother you anymore, or had you pretty much gotten to the point where it didn't matter what it cost anymore? Well, it— uh I don't mind paying what you know. If I need something, I don't worry about it. I just I just buy it. But I don't buy anything that I can't afford. I've always been that way. And uh, well, somebody might buy. Uh, well, I don't know. I just buy what I what I need. Well, I don't want to ask you know what you can afford. But let me put it. Let me ask you this: If you needed a refrigerator, would you wait till you had enough money to buy it straight out? Or what would you do? Well, in my younger days, I'd pay it out so much a month, but not anymore. I just pay for it now. Adriano, how does that hit you? If you need something, are you willing to wait to get it, or how does that hit it? And I'm not talking about you personally, but yeah. I mean your generation. generation. Yeah. Uh, I, my generation is more, we're not going to wait to get it. We're try to get a financial plan or finance it or do something like that and just pay payments on it. We don't technically own it, but it's our generation is more like we want it right now. Uh-huh. Which is why, like places like Amazon and stuff like that, uh-huh. is so popular because it's like you can get it. And you don't want to wait for it; you just want to get it. So. Right, Doctor Funk. Does plastic enable purchasing that that uh, would Joe would not like because you know we have eighteen cards in our pocket? Uh, not for me. Uh, at least in my case, I know that in a few days or a few weeks, I'm going to get a the plastic bill, uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I like that to be as small as possible too. Yeah. And again, yeah. it just comes back, you know, down to the to the daily habits and, and yeah. sticking within within those daily habits. Yeah, Joe, has over the course of your life, have you seen anything, any category of costs that really has kind of gone down at all? That's uh, gone down. Yeah. No, I can't think of anything that's gone down. Almost everything has gone up, huh? Everything. I yeah. Doctor Funk, anything gone down? Oh yeah. So, so I'm an economist, right? So yeah. the way we think about the cost of living is how many hours of your life you're giving up to buy something. Yeah. And I am sure that that a car, a 1948 car, he paid a lot more in hours of labor to get that car than than Adriana or I have to spend today. Uh, in fact, car prices over the last 20 years haven't really changed much. I know that from personal experience. I also know because I'm an economist and I've mm-hmm. seen the data. Mm-hmm. And if you think about things that uh, are produced by robots... Right, so clothing, clothing prices are much cheaper. Uh, you know, right. uh, we go through that. 
my family buys our clothes on Amazon uh, largely. Uh, but it's, it's easy to do and it's and it's cheap. Um, and uh, we could crank through a lot of clothes because because it's, it's relatively so. Mm-hmm. So cheap now. You don't give us up as much of your life for it. Uh-huh. Joe, were clothes uh, considered to be expensive as you were coming through life? Well, I think it depends on what period of time you're talking about. Now, when I grew up uh, as a young kid, I was during the Depression. And, of course, nobody had any money then. I, and uh, so then you could buy a pair of shoes. Well, I remember graduating from high school. Uh, my dad's boss sent me a, a, a shirt, and I said, well, that shirt cost him $5, I bet you. <laughs> what it cost him. Uh-huh. And things just were different. Uh, he was talking about an automobile. There were three kids in school, in, and we got together, and we bought a T-model, and it was $25. Uh, what? $25 for a car? And we got that thing, and it was in pretty good shape. The man had kept it in the garage, and we got that thing, and I was the only one that could drive it out of the three of them. And we drove that thing all over Pine Bluff. <laughs> <laughs> but when you bought your first car, how much did you say you spent for your first car? First car that I was $1,350. Okay, Dr. Funk mentioned a minute ago about what per- percentage of his, of the income. How long did you have to work to pay for $1,300? It was, <laughs> I can't remember exactly what I made, but it wasn't a whole lot. I think I was making around $200 a month or maybe something like that. So you had to live on 200 and make a car payment? Yeah. Do you remember what your car payment was, roughly? Uh, I had quite a bit of money down, but I'm thinking uh, 60 or $70, something like that. Maybe a little less. I don't know. So you had to pay that, and, and that was that would take you down to $140 a month to live on. The percentage of income, that's that's kind of an interesting aspect there. Uh, Adriana, anything gone down for you at all since that you can remember? I know gas went down a little bit. Yeah, gas did go down. But it'll go back you, up. Yeah, it go back up. But it's, <laughs> it's a significant difference. When I was in high school driving that truck, paying three fifty, and now I have like a Ford, Ford Focus, uh-huh. and I can use E eighty five gas, so I can pay like the dollar seventy nine, and I'm I'm fine. But uh, anything significantly that's changed since I've actually been able to spend on my own? Uh-huh. Not really. That's been noticeable to me. Since, do you, you know, do you feel like costs have stabilized at all for you, or do you feel like that they are on the way up? It go up, but it's not like a rapid growth. It's just it's like nothing, kind of, it's kind of, yeah, it's nothing significant. Okay. Dr. Funk, are there times in, that you can think back where you felt like prices are going up all around me? Yeah, when, when my wife was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Things got real expensive in a hurry, yeah. Yeah. What about generically for everybody, though, not just you? <laughs> uh, well, I think I think medical obviously is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, the the, the price increase over actually my entire lifetime, but uh, especially over the last twenty or thirty years, yeah. are just just nuts. Uh, um, edu- and education, of course, when I was going through grad school and watching the tuition increases, even when I was in grad school, and they've just skyrocketed. Now that I'm on this side of the desk, yeah, continue to skyrocket. Um, those changes have been very noticeable. Well, uh, Joe, as uh, you were raising your son, John, who's also a 
professor here at uh, UAR Lard, uh, John Fawcett. What do you remember about the pressures for cost then? Did you feel like that you were ever in a period where uh, this isn't so bad or maybe this period of time is really costs are a little more hard to keep up with or how, has it been an ebb and flow? Well, it was, uh, it was pretty tough. Uh, I made a fair shower, I guess, for that period of time, but uh, we had four children. And they were like little stair steps because we were a little late having them. And uh, I had three, three people in, three children in college, three different times. I had one in, two in, three in, two in, three in, that, that sort of thing. <laughs> and then John went on and got his doctorate. Of course, part of the time he had a scholarship for that. But right. uh, that's what you had to. I had to get them through there. Well, what percentage of your income then were you spending on your kids? I mean, uh, Dr. Uh, Funk mentioned uh, what happened to him when he started having kids. Uh, did the same thing happen to you? I don't know what percentage, but most of it went to the kids. Because <laughs> I was determined I was going to get them through there, and I did. And and we made it fine. We, did, we, we didn't suffer anything like that. But I, I had to watch because I had those kids in college. And my first wife was sick of cancer at the same time. So, uh-huh. Speaking about the medical end of it, uh, Dr. Funk kind of hit on that a minute ago. As an older person now, how do medical costs affect older people? Well, it depends on what they have. If they don't have some good insurance, I say they're in deep, deep trouble. But they better have uh, good good hospitalization, and which I do have, I'm happy to say. i, I got some pretty good... Uh, through the company, I got good good insurance, but if you don't have insurance to cover medical costs, you're in deep trouble. When you say through the company, is this from your retirement company, the one you used to work for? Yeah, when I was working, you know, uh-huh. when I retired, I kept my uh, hospitalization. Dr. Funk, uh, listening to that aspect of it, the cost of medical for the, each of the generations, what do you think uh, we're faced with on that? As an economist or as just an individual? Both, um, both. <laughs> as an individual, I'm, I'm worried about it. As an economist, I'm wondering, part of this is the, uh, part of the reason for the rising cost is because of the rising demand uh, for health care, uh, because, both because we have an aging population and also because, uh, you know, if our basic needs in terms of clothing and food, if those costs are, have stabilized or are falling, then we're going to put our money someplace and we could put it into and maintaining better health. So, you know, part of that is that, but, but it's still, in the, in the U.S., it's still not in line with uh, the rest of the world. So something goofy is going on. Is that percentage of, of our spending, our costs, is that going up? It, it is. Nation, nationwide, it is going up. You know, I don't know the hard numbers on it, but um, it, the, the healthcare sector is becoming, uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the news recently about right. manufacturing and making sure that manufacturing is a big sector of our economy. Uh, healthcare is at the manufacturing level and growing. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I need, need to ask uh, Dr. Funk a question that probably fits into your bailiwick of study anyway. Is there any connection to the cost of living for all of these generations and the world of politics? Yeah, can you ask that question? Well, I, what I mean is, is does the governmental part of living through life have much of an effect, really, on on the cost of living? So, yeah. Okay. So uh, 
let's, let's talk about the Great Depression, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the evidence is pretty clear that uh, the government caused the Great Depression, right? The Federal Reserve caused the Great Depression by allowing all the bank failures and stuff like that. The the a big feature of the uh, the Great Depression was that prices actually fell substantially uh, by like a third on average. So you had low prices, but the cost of living went way up because you also had the low income, mm-hmm. right? Um, so to the extent that, uh, you know, during the recent financial crisis, during the recent financial crisis, uh, I don't know if you remember in 2008, I gas, gas was $4 a gallon. Uh, I had the misfortune of going on a road trip um, and cussed at every gas station. Um, we went right into the financial crisis after that. Gas prices fell substantially. You know, I would gladly have paid $4 a gallon for gas to have avoided 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012 yeah. with the financial crisis. Um, so to the extent that the, the, the politicians, the politics, or even the, the non-politicians like Janet Yellen, even to the extent that they, uh, uh, their actions cause those, those hiccups in the, uh, in the economy, oh, oh, yes, they do <laughs> drive the cost of living. So there is a connection between uh, policy and cost of living? Uh, uh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Joe, as you look at the future of the cost, are there things about the cost of living that you, when you look into the future for both this younger generation of Adriana and, and your son, Corson and, and Dr. Funk here, what are your, uh, what's your outlook for the, for the costs of living in the future? Well, I don't see it going down anytime soon. I, how much it'll go up, I don't know. I'm just not smart enough to figure that out. But I don't see it going down, and I'm just thinking that uh, we're going to have to learn to con- to handle our money. That's the government and everybody else. is gonna, We're just going to have to. And, uh, and I don't mean by that that they have to do that. We're going to have to have... Uh, take care of people with the, with the uh, hospitalization and things like that, but we're just going to have to watch how we spend our money. Well, let me ask you this, Joe. You're probably the only person in, that in my world at this point in time I could ask this question to, but <clears throat> having come through the Depression, if we were to see something like that happen again, something similar to that, what would be your advice to people? Uh, about spending and about money and about how you get through it when you when you've lost everything. They just have to cut it to the bone. Now, I remember when the depression, of course, I would like I say I was just scared, but there were several people in Pine Bluff that were pretty well. Uh, they had good jobs or even had good businesses, and some of them jumped out of the hotel pines window, and and it just uh, and some of them were working for the various firms. And my dad always said that the Depression made more people than it ruined, and he might have been right. There were people there in Pine Bluff that were working, say, for the Cotton Belt or, or whatever company, and they lost their job. Well, they got into a little business of some kind. Maybe they were just an assistant or something. And they finally got, got the business going, and they were the leaders of Pine Bluff when I grew up. Mm-hmm. That's the way they they just they had to do it. That's I guess I'm putting it that way. Yeah. Well, Doctor Funk, you take take a whack then at uh, a real severe downturn, and you just mentioned the one we went through recently. What about a bad one? Um, I think your question's about how to allocate your spending <laughs> yes. across your income. Yeah. So you know how much went to the phone, how much went to the en- entertainment. Um, I, I think you people need to 
uh, have a real clear idea of the difference between discretionary spending and non-discretionary spending. And you know, housing people uh, generally consider housing as non-discretionary, but uh, our houses are ginormous compared to the ones that yeah. Joe uh, was talking about, um, or even that's the average out in California, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I, you know, we, there's still a lot of that. It's still, a lot of housing costs is, is discretion. You still have a lot of choice there. You still have a lot of flexibility. Um, uh, and as Joe was saying, you have you do have options in terms of uh, you know packing up and and trying a new career, going back to school, getting new training. Nothing uh, to lose. You've lost it all, huh? Packing your bags and and moving to North Dakota oil fields or wherever whatever happens to be hot at that time. Yeah. Um, you know, so maintaining that flexibility uh, and not locking yourself down, I think, is yeah. is important. You're listening to Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow here on KUR. I'm Phil Marriage along with uh, student Adriana, senior student Adriana Dodson, Dr. Mark Funk, and joining us at home by phone is Joe Fawcett. We have one last break to take, so we'll be right back with you in just a few minutes. Stay with us. Glad to welcome you back to Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow with my guests Adriana Dodson, Dr. Mark Funk, and Joe Fawcett. And that, uh, in the last segment that we've been talking about some of the costs involved here, I want to take us into another area of, of costs, and that has to do with um, entertainment. Joe, when you were growing up or when you were raising your family, what percentage or what? Uh, how did you spend money on entertainment? Uh, we, uh, I just did what I wanted to do. Uh, I did belong to uh, uh, the country club, and I played golf, and I did those sort of things. I did a lot of lot of things. I did what I wanted to do, and the same way the children. I don't think they suffered too much, but we just didn't. Uh, we just didn't spend a lot, you know. And what we got, but what we needed. Well, what entertainment was available to you when you were a kid? Well, when I was a kid, I'm one of the few that's left that went through the Depression. Of course, I was just a kid right. at the time. Right. But uh, I, I remember how tough it was. People just didn't have anything. And I remember to this day a man coming to our door that had it. He had had a real good job. He was pretty well fixed at one time. And he came to the door and, and said he wanted to work out the city tax. Uh, he wanted my dad to sign a, a statement, and he would get uh, so much a day, I think a dollar or two dollars a day or whatever it was. It wasn't much. And you would agree to let him work for the city, and it would help pay for our, our street tax. That's how bad it was. And people just didn't have anything. And I was lucky in that my dad did keep a job. I don't know how much he made. But I got I was lucky and I got twenty five cents a week and I'd go to the movie on Saturday, it was ten cents, and I'd get a five cent bag of candy to eat and I had ten cents left over and that's the way you live. <laughs> you haven't broke fifty cents yet, I don't think. <laughs> and then when I was a teenager, that's after I was up there a little bit, I went to work for a grocery store uh fifty cents a day. And I'd ride my bicycle and deliver groceries and work in the store. And you work from about 7 in the morning until 7 at night. And then on Saturday, you work till 10. And you got 50 cents a day. A day, not an hour, but a day. $3 a week. Wow. Well, and so your your entertainment budget was pretty low, wasn't it? It was real low. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as you were seeing uh, uh, your kids grow up, then say in the in the 40s, maybe 50s, or around, and then what? How was there much in the way of entertainment costs then? Well, they, they
they did what they wanted to do. It was entirely different. It wasn't anything like a depression. Uh, they didn't weren't rolling in money, but th they got to do what they wanted to do. I don't mm -hmm. think they had to worry about going to a movie or anything like that. If they wanted to go on a date or something, they they had the money to do it. We'd get we'd let them have the money. Yeah. But it's just different. The depression was just unbelievable. It really was. We could spend a lot of time probably talking about the depression. I mean, I even to hear you say the word and know you lived it, like you said, there's not very many people around these days who actually still remember being there at that time, especially when it comes to costs and things. Dr. Funk, let me ask you about the, the entertainment aspect for your generation. Where, where and when and how has entertainment come to your generation, cost-wise? Uh, well, we got to talk about video games, right? Yeah. <laughs> I assume that's where you're heading. Yeah. So I was, I think, 12, and my parents bought a video game. I don't remember Atari, what kind of, Atari? Something. It wasn't like an Atari because no. we weren't that rich, right? Oh, we okay. got the, the knockoff. Commodore? Uh, no, it wasn't even that. <laughs> but I remember it seemed like it cost like 200 bucks. And this was a long time ago, right? And we had like two games on it. And we played those two games for, well, actually, we, didn't, we weren't allowed to play a lot. <laughs> we didn't have a whole lot. I grew up on a farm, so we spent a lot of time outdoors. But uh, like on Sundays, we could spend as much time as we wanted on Sundays playing video games. Nowadays, we don't have Playstations or anything like that at my house still, mm -hmm. but I think they're still only about 200 bucks, right? Uh, I'm really not sure because I, I didn't really get games. You don't have well, it either. Well, I, I had a Playstation 2. My mom gave it away, but my uncles did. They had like every game system. They still have. I think one of my uncles has like Xbox stuff, like Xbox One, and then my other one has like the Playstation. But it wasn't really, I don't think the, the system is really not bad, but the games are so expensive, like 70 something dollars. Like if you want to get like Madden or like 2K games, they're really, really expensive. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. See, Madden's like a football game, so it's like the NFL yeah. football game, but it's like really, really expensive. Well, uh, Dr. Funk, how much did you focus on entertainment as a part of your budget? I guess is the way I should ask that. Now or back when I was... Well, there? as you recall, going th from your time frame. So I grew up on a farm out in the middle of Kansas, right? So our entertainment consisted of, I uh, don't throwing rocks, seeing how far <laughs> they would go. I don't know. <laughs> Playing <laughs> baseball? No, not enough kids around to get oh, a none, team yeah. going. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we would go to a movie maybe once a year. You had to pile into a car and drive a long ways to, to find the nearest movie theater. Uh-huh. Same way, once I, once I came 17 or so, maybe pile in the car and go get some french fries at the mm -hmm. 45 minutes away at the closest McDonald's. Um, so, so most of our video game, most of our entertainment actually consisted of so beverages. So in those, in those earlier days, it wasn't much of your budget? No, not at all. Has that changed even oh, now? Oh, yes. <laughs> so now, well, you know, the cell phone that I carry around has games on it. Um, and then, uh, you know, the travel that... Um, our older guests has talked about right. uh, do a lot of travel, uh, both within Arkansas and across the country, and uh, that's where most of our uh -huh. money goes to now. Mm -hmm. Well, Adriana, been kind of chomping at the bit to get to your generation on this particular mm -hmm. question. Mm -hmm. How how important is entertainment to the budgetary or cost factors for young people? I feel like for my generation it's very important because that's mostly what we focus on, especially like social media and stuff like that. And like one, I did say, I told you that I didn't notice a significant change in price or stuff like that but like say for instance like the movie like the movie stores like Hastings like in Jonesboro you had Hastings so you can get DVDs and stuff in there CDs and stuff like that 
like what was it maybe six months ago it closed in Jonesboro and for some people that's good for them because they use streaming services like Netflix and Hulu or you have Redbox like say you want to rent a movie some movies may be $5.99 $6.99 to rent and then you go to the Redbox it's a dollar or you go on Netflix you pay that $7.99 or $8.99 a month and you get like pretty much everything that's on there or you do Hulu is the same thing so streaming services have definitely changed and for me uh, most people in my generation like it, but I don't because I like, I like DVDs and DVD players. I like CDs. I like to hold the CDs because my mom was like, we grew up in church, so she's like um, organist. She plays the piano, so we love music. So I like to be able to actually hold the music. And even though I do have like Apple Music or like Spotify or Tidal, which are streaming services for music on my phone, I do use that. I prefer to have it, but now it's harder to get. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, I mean, some you can order some stuff like off of Amazon, but if you had a hundred dollars a month to spend as a, as a younger person, mm-hmm. how much of that would you be willing to spend on entertainment? If all you had is a hundred dollars, I mean, I'm just trying to make it in relative terms. Well, for me, maybe if I had only a hundred dollars, I could probably get the entertainment with like twenty. I guess for me, I so twenty percent get... <laughs> of your income for a month, you'd want to spend, you'd want to spend if you could on entertainment. Yeah, how about Probably. you, Dr. So there's actually economic studies on this stuff. How oh, much really? people yeah. Yes, of course. Uh, I should let you much, ask yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On how much people spend on, on entertainment, recreation, and yeah. festivals, and, and the rest of it. And it's pretty constant across the cultures, across income groups. Even, even you know, subsistence farmers in, in poor countries spend somewhere 5 to 10% of their income on having a good time. You know, the, the, the comment about Netflix at 8 eight. Yeah, it's like eight ninety nine. Eight ninety nine. That's that's basically an hour at minimum wage, mm-hmm. right? So for an hour on minimum wage, you get a month's worth of movies, right? I don't think an hour of, of labor back in the nineteen fifties would get you unlimited movies for mm-hmm. a month. What what were movies then back then, Joe? What what year now? Oh, let's say nineteen forty. Twenty five cents. So uh, it was ten cents, and then later it went up, of course. But uh, I think about 1940, around 25 cents, uh, and then it began to go up. Well, Joe, let me ask you another category here, and I'm going to get back to Adriana on this one, too. How much were phone bills as you were? No, the phone bill wasn't wasn't very much because we didn't call long distance much then. We didn't have to. Yeah, we had a regular in Pine Bluff. Now, my grandfather had a, a dairy out. Three, three miles from Pine Bluff in, uh, in the 30s and 30s, and they didn't have lights, didn't have sewage, didn't have anything. And that was just three miles from Pine Bluff. Wow. Well, in about 1950 or so, did you spend a lot of time or money on phone, your phone bill? No, I didn't. Uh, we use a phone all the time, and I still use a land phone. I don't, I don't use the other very much, but uh, we used it, and then, but we just didn't call long distance too much. We didn't, you know, didn't need to. Yeah. But we did what we wanted to do. We didn't go cheap on it. Dr. Funk, what about the phone for your group? So uh, I had a party line when I was a, uh, a kid growing up. I do remember getting my first cell phone at $9. Uh, it seems like it was $9 a month or something for the first cell phone. But the cell phone I carry around now, it's not its not a phone, right? Mm, it's, yeah. a com- it's a computer. It's a yeah. computer, <laughs> and it's an essential component of my entire life. The, the phone could phone portion of it. I use it to call my mom once a week, but other than that, I don't think the phone gets much use. Mm-hmm. 
But the cost, the cost of that phone, if you, however you want to call it, is a phone. I mean, it's it's the phone bill. What percentage of, you know, for the middle age group anyway, are we spending on phone? You know, uh, again, I, I would break it out and say that calling it a phone is not accurate at all. That right? I mean, how many well, people yeah, use it? Yeah, yeah. It's your it's your entertainment device. It's your video it's game true. player. You watch. I watch movies on mine. My daily planner. And I, I have more text messages with my mom, so I suppose that. So it's another that. category that not, Joe's uh, generation never even really doesn't had. Doesn't exist, right? Does take up a lot of money, though, doesn't it? it? it it's not cheap. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Well, Adriana, uh, young people at at your age, where you're mm-hmm. at the early start of trying to earn money for a career, so you're probably on the lower ends of, you know, the company pay scale or whatever. What big? Of, how big of a nut is that to crack for young people for the phone bill? For the phone bill, like, let's say, I had my first phone. I think I was fourth grade. It was like fourth, a little fourth grade. It was like a little flip phone. It was <laughs> my auntie got it for me. My mom told me no, but my aunt got it for me, and it was like a little flip phone. And what do you get? Like daytime minutes on there. Yeah. And you know, I can't remember like all, oh, but you had to text and call for a certain period of time and like now i have like an iphone and every everything's on there you can do everything banking wise like we were talking about checks earlier i can take a picture of a check and a deposit in 24 hours and you have games you can pay bills on there and everything and it's like and then on new phones you have unlimited you can do unlimited data and he was talking about it's not just a phone because if you think about it you can get unlimited text and da- text and calls but like who texts and calls that much to where you need that and it's really cheap to get unlimited text and calls but it's going to cost more when you want unlimited data cuz that's what it uses to use the internet and run all these apps so say if i wanted to probably get it just by myself It'll probably be like seventy, eighty dollars. Uh-huh. Like the plan that I have, what I want, which is, I mean, that's probably that's a light bill. Well, I'm going to go back to that same one hundred dollars I asked you about a minute ago. If you're spending twenty dollars on entertainment of that hundred dollars a month, well, how much are you willing to put on the phone bill, whatever you want to call it, computer, whatever? Would you do, could you do without it? Do without Co- the phone? Cost wise to your budget. And not just you, but I mean your generation. No, 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 no. I don't think my generation definitely wouldn't be able to just like, I don't think they would make that sacrifice to do without the phone. So, so would you be willing to spend another 20% on phone? <laughs> another 20 bucks out of that 100 on the phone? Yeah, I would take the phone over the entertainment. You would? Yes. Okay. Oh, well, that's interesting. Dr. Funk? So cell phones aren't just mm-hmm. a phone, right, anymore. Yeah. It is, it's their bank, right? Mm-hmm. It is it is the it is the most important mm-hmm. tool of modern life now. Well, Joe Fawcett, I have to come back to you and ask you what your perspective is on what you see both in the middle generation and the younger generation in, on our dependency on the phone, computer, whatever you want to call it. How do you look at everybody when you see us carrying these things around? They use the phone a lot more than we than we did, and I, I understand that. That's just part of life, and that's what they enjoy doing. I don't like to talk on the phone very much, and I call the kids when I want to talk to them. But you, my, my memory must still be good. I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> the phone in Pine Bluff. If you want to get me in Pine Bluff when I was a kid, it's three three five six. But when you see the or the middle generation people and the younger people affected by something your generation really never had at all. I mean, these, like uh, Dr. Funk says and Adriana says, these are not phones. These are attachments to your life that connect you to the rest of the world. You didn't really have that, did you? No, and I guess I still don't. I don't, I don't use it to this day. We use the phone, and 
I had a computer and I got rid of it because it was driving me up the wall. <laughs> it's my the way I am. I, you know, I'm, that's my age group. Yeah. And uh, it was just too much worry. And I have a cell phone. The kids got me to get a cell phone, but I don't use that thing except when we go to the hospital or something. That's about it. And if they try to call you, maybe, huh? Yeah, they call me on the land phone. Now, we have three land phones. I don't, like we got plenty of phones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adriana, do young people your age worry at all about what Joe went through in the Depression? Does, does that sort of fear ever come into young people's thinking these days? For me it does, but for a lot of people they don't really think about, like they don't think, they don't think about what happened and how that could change in the future. They don't really think that far in the future uh, that things like that can happen. It's just because we have that right now mentality. We're yeah. going to do it right now. We're going to get what we want. Yeah right now so we're not going to wait for it so that's more of our kind of thinking joe one uh, other question for you was the depression a surprise oh i'm sure it was because it happened it happened fairly fast i think uh, i can remember my i don't know how old i was uh well about nine years old i guess and they closed the banks and that was really i remember the people going downtown and uh, and just standing around trying to find out what was going to happen are they going to open the banks again, or just what they're going to do? People were just scared to death, and, and the banks closed. They had the bank holiday. Yeah. They did that so they could find out which ones could still be, uh, they could still re, they could open and and get back into business. And it was just, it was really bad. They just didn't know. And I remember my dad, uh, he had a little savings account. And the, the he took it out of the bank, and, the, and one of the bankers came out there and just said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. So, so he put it back in the bank, and the bank went <laughs> And he never got a nickel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of his friends. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> he said, oh, that bank's good, you know. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> well, if it was a surprise, uh, well, our discussion today has gone quite a distance here. We've covered a lot of areas here uh, besides the cost of gas, and uh, that would have been the easy way to go. There's a lot of things to talk about the cost of living, but I've really enjoyed dis dis our discussion here today. We've been discussing about that. Let me start over here. We've been discussing the cost of living here today on Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. It'll be interesting to listen to back to this program 20 years from now and see how things may have changed as Adriana hits the middle generation and Dr. Funk hits the older generation. I mean, that's basically the reason we do the program is to be able to have something to compare this to. I do want to thank my guests for being with me here today. Speaking from that younger generation has been Adriana Dodson. She's a senior here at UALR uh, studying in the finance area, and she wants to eventually own her own nonprofit financial in uh, literacy program for for people. Um, Adrienne, thanks for being with me here today. Thanks for having me. And then also from the middle generation has been Dr. Mark Funk. He's the chairperson and, the, and a professor of economics here at ULR. He's also the interim chair of accounting. And uh, he's been on the program once before a few years ago. Do you remember what we talked about then? I do not. I don't either. There's been, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Both it's always times. fun to do it. And I'm glad to have you here. And then joining us by phone also is is uh, uh, Joe Fawcett. He's the son of Doctor uh, John Fawcett here at UALR, and he was on the program a number of years ago. And I think we talked about childhood. Then is that right, Joe? I think so. Yeah. It is. And I'm glad to have you here with us. He was born in 1923 at 94 years old. He used to be with. Where did I put that? Ellis. 
I wrote it down somewhere, and I turned the page over here. Another Pacific Conbound. That's failed. right. Yeah. Well, uh, Joe, I'm glad you were here with us. I hope you had a good time. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow is a production of KUAR in partnership with the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. You can find us online and send your comments to YTT at KUAR.org. Join us the first Friday of November at 7 for our next program, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you then.